everyone. Welcome to Revival Town Podcast. I'm Chuck Tate. That's Andy King. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Oh, It man. is 2022 on Revival Town Podcast. Oh, and uh, hopefully everyone is doing well. Uh, we, uh, boy, have we got a good uh, conversation today. We really do. This is one of my favorite interviews, you know, yeah. I mean, and... I just, you know, this is a cool cat, yeah. and um, man, national platform. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're talking to someone who across this, America is known. Yes. And uh, but before we get there, you got to, um, you got to, you got tell a little story about uh, something that happened at my house. Yeah, you got to so, tell us, man. So anyway, you gotta tell us. Um, you know, um, our family had a crazy experience a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Where well you you texted me right after this had happened and I'm like you are just making up these stories for the podcast. Well, you, you, yeah, right. <laughs> well, you know we get a lot of packages like like a lot of people. It's always a good day when Amazon show Amazon shows up. And in fact, just last night I happened to peek outside and I saw an Amazon box. Yeah, open that baby up and there was some Cadbury chocolate in it from my mate. Oh, come on. Thank you. I mean, all the way from England. For all the uh, England folks that are listening, in this box, it was the uh, miniature heroes with whispers and double deckers and fudges. Oh, man, man. the caramels. So so just on on the podcast with Angela Williams, you guys got into this discussion about how good the Cadbury chocolate was. Tell me about it. And now I have it. And, and what do you think? It was fantastic. Told you, I man. give it a ten out of ten. I told you, so, Cadbury you, kills Hershey's. So yeah, sorry so, about that. So, so, here's, so here's what happened. Uh, went to open the door to get a package. This is a different package than a what diff- I sent you. A different package. I did not plant anything no, on you. This right? this was Hershey's chocolate. No, uh, kidding, there no. you go. I'm kidding. <laughs> so um, <laughs> there's almost. Oh, anyway, uh, I open the door and a bird flies in. What? Now, I, I, a few weeks ago, a bird almost flew in. You remember that story about the cat and the mouse and the dog oh, and all that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I told that one, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this time, the bird really flew in our house. Everyone is screaming, there's a bird in the house. I'm like, no. Savannah's like, there's a bird in it. So I go running in, and the bird is flying in our dining room. I got a broom. I'm swinging the broom. Oh, the bird's gosh. flying around. All of a sudden, here comes the cat. Oh. Oh man! Snap! This cat turned into hunter into a hunter immediately and catches the bird immediately. I don't even know how it's possible. Oh, this my. cat catches the bird, but then runs upstairs with it. I'm like, no! <laughs> so then I, I'm running it, chasing it up the stairs into my bedroom. Let's it go! The bird's flying around my room. I'm swinging a broom. The cat's. All pouncing all over the place. It was pandemonium. So then the bird finally landed on this chest that we have in front of our bed. Yeah. And there were some covers and there were some things. And it hid down in it. So I was able to put gloves on, catch the bird. Check this out. Even though the cat <laughs> caught the bird, it was just playing with it like a toy. It didn't kill it. It could have, but it didn't. Oh. And I was able to run downstairs, let the bird out, and it flew away. But here's what's funny. Here's what I didn't tell you. Yeah. Guess where the bird came from? Wow. It was living in our Thanksgiving wreath on the front door. It built a nest oh. in our wreath. Yeah. So the, backtrack a few weeks ago when we thought a bird tried to get in the house, it did because it was living in our wreath. So every time we opened the door, it, it was trying to out. get in. It fright, yeah, trying to get in. So 
Yeah. Oh my. Goodness. Now we have the Christmas wreath up. It's gonna still stay up till mid January, probably. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. But hey, man, birds were flying. It was crazy. The oh. cat was jumping all over the place. And speaking, we got a cool cat right now oh. coming on the podcast. This dude is a cool cat. It is. Jamie Markley is a nationally known uh, radio host, uh, talk show host um, in 125 markets. So that's. That's huge. I mean, really big. He, his team um, have taken the spot of Rush Limbaugh in Peoria, yep. right? Uh, yep. Taken his spot. Uh, and we had a great, great time. I've known Jamie for years. You've known him for years. It's weird talking to him now. He, I mean, he's still the same guy, but just someone who now really has seen God bless uh, his work yeah, promote, uh, God's promoted him and yeah. opened doors and and um, you'll find out today most of our interviews are done via Zoom but Jamie joined us in the studio and I think that just added some extra chemistry yeah. made it a little bit extra special today yeah. so so why don't you sit back relax and enjoy this conversation with Jamie Markley this podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. All right, everyone, it's time for another conversation on Revival Town Podcast. Our guest today, Jamie Markley, is a radio legend. He is the host of the nationally syndicated Markley Van Camp and Robbins radio show. Markley Van Camp and Robbins is a laid-back banter about all the hottest headlines from across the country, whether it's political chatter coming from Washington or the latest case of Florida Man. MVR will make sure you're aware of what's going on and their unique takes on every topic. And Andy, we're so excited that we have Jamie in the studio, not just via Zoom, but in the studio. Jamie, welcome to Revival Town Podcast. Chuck, Andy, this is like just hanging out with friends. I know. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I know. I know. miss it is like breakfast, a big breakfast. (laughs) Well, that's right. We're at at Rock Church. It's your fault if there's no uh, breakfast, right? Come on. Come on. (laughs) My bad. My bad. Wow. Seriously, great to have you, though. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. We were just uh, talking before, um, I know, many years ago. I'm tr- I was trying to think how many years ago it was when you invited me onto your show that you were doing at that time with Luciano, which was mainly a local um, show. Yes. Um, and so that's why you invited me on to talk about um, things that were going on in the, in the community, obviously with the Dream Center, uh, homelessness, youth inner city stuff like that uh and you know that even though that was that five ten minutes a week yeah so many people got to know about what we did uh how we did it how the community could get involved so first i want to say thank you for that i mean i know it was years ago but that was a a real pivotal time for us as a dream center just because we were really new at what we were doing well, that was a God thing. I mean, I can give you a little backstory. I'll try to make it short because I get long-winded, as you know. <laughs> so through a friend of mine at Northwood Church, and this would have been, I guess, 2005, somewhere in there, yeah. um, 2006 maybe, um, there was a lot of crime in the city, 
and there was a lot of shootings. And I remember reading a story about a nine-year-old girl on the south side of Peoria that was crying at night because she heard gun, uh, gunshots and all she wanted to do was read her Junie B. Jones book. Mm. And I don't know why that touched me the way it did, uh, but I'm like, we got to do something, yeah. you know, uh, uh, about, I feel terrible for the kids. It's one thing once you become an adult, you're responsible for your own actions, that sort of thing. But kids, my gosh. Yeah. And so I was having a conversation with a few different people to say, is there something we can do? Is there an after school program? I was really naive um, as far as work in the inner city. And so I'm meeting with a few people and one guy says, you know, there's a guy already doing this. And I'm like, really? <laughs> and he talks about Andy. And I'm like, okay, wow, okay. We should we should have like lunch with him or something. Yeah. And so we set up the lunch. Yeah. And Andy basically gave everything that the Dream Center was starting to do. And he sort of explained what we were trying to do in our own minds with with just an idea. Yeah. So that's when the relationship started. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, through volunteering with some stuff, we're like, oh, we could we could talk about this on the show. Yeah. Because Phil Luciano, Luch, was yeah. also involved uh, with your church at the time, and it just made sense. So we yeah. talked about, all right, if you're not trying to improve this city, it's easy to gripe and moan about it. What can we do, especially for mm. the kids, yeah. uh, to sort of show there's a different path in life you can take. It doesn't have to be a dead end, and that's where the whole thing started. Yeah, And you didn't have to reinvent the wheel because Dream Center was already meeting that need. So it's so yes. so great to plug in and create awareness for Dream Center. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so that was really cool of you guys. But, it's yeah. the I mean, the power of radio really came through on, on for us. And I know that you guys, we're, we're going to get into your story because it's, it's incredible, really is incredible how I feel God has really just exploded what you are doing throughout the country. It's, it's a crazy story, at least to me it is. I, I'm, I'm humbled by it. I'm amazed by it. Um, and every once in a while you'll get used to it because you're just living the same life every day. And then you'll take a step back and go, man, God's really blessed me. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's something. Yeah. So well, you guys are in 125 markets right now? Something yeah. like that? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So for those that are listening, you, you may be thinking, okay, who's this guy? What, what's, what's he do? He has a radio show with two other guys, and we'll get into their stories as well, that started, did it, it started in Peoria, but also you were syndicated to Portland. Is that how it started? Well, it started with Scott Robbins and I, who okay. met at a Van Halen show in the early 90s. <laughs> Uh, we had mutual well, friends. You're a music encyclopedia too, man. So we might have, we're going to have to talk some music in a little, in a little bit. Um, I was definitely a rock dog. Come on. Uh, uh, but anyway, uh, we had always talked about possibly doing a radio show together. That was, what, 92? It just never worked out. Every once in a while, I'd talk him into working at the radio group I was at, but we were never given the opportunity to do a show together. And long story short, I... Um, I was burned out in radio and decided to go off air and just do something else. But that itch that I could never scratch, and, I've, and Scott felt the same way, was, man, we, are, we always thought if we could do a show together, it'd be really good chemistry. And so that finally happened at the beginning of 2013. Fast forward, uh, our bosses of that radio group were actually in Portland, Oregon, and they wanted us to move there. And we liked the area, especially at the time. This was before it really got nasty in Portland. 
um, beautiful, but we didn't want to uproot our families. Sure. And sometimes in business, people don't understand. You don't want to move from Peoria to come to this market? It's like, no, we're pretty happy with where we're at, yeah, honestly. Yeah, yeah. But they really liked us, and we were connecting with the uh, audience there uh, whenever we would fill in. And so they said, well, could you do a local Portland show from Peoria? So we would do, I think we were doing six or six and a half hours on the air every day. Part of it would be local Portland. Part of it would be local Peoria. And then the rest of it would be like national stories that could play on both. Gotcha. It was very confusing, (laughs) but that's how it happened. And then from our bosses in Portland, they're like, we could syndicate this. You know, we think there are other Because if stations. it plays in Peoria, baby, right? Well, yeah, and <laughs> and not only Peoria, but Portland. Yeah. If it's working in both of those markets, <laughs> there's a good chance it'll work pretty much anywhere, was their thought. Um, so that's where the syndication thing sort of started from. Wow. But then in 2015, as you guys know, Scott Robbins had back-to-back massive heart attacks, was in intensive care, was in a coma, uh, for months i mean you were going there pretty much every day right yeah to, to see him and be with him and yeah. you were giving updates every day and you know, oh yeah you know i mean i knew the audience wanted to know what was going on yeah with him, and know? even on on the on your your radio facebook page i just love the updates every week i mean every day you were giving daily updates people were rallying and praying well, what a anyway go ahead so yeah what a crazy so many people so, praying for him yeah um he'll go back and read those now it's now six years old. He'll get like wow. updates of something I posted, and he'll go down to the comments of all the people praying for him. He's just so humbled by that. Because he was like death's door, right? Yeah, I mean, well, he, he was, was out dead. for 40 was, minutes. Yeah. I mean, without K, a pulse. Man. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, here comes the book promotion. Yeah, <laughs> baby. Cha-ching. I gotta, oh, man. I'm, actually, I'm going to actually feature his story in my next book. That's what he told me. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. So. He is a walking miracle. Yeah, he really is. Because even after all of that, I mean, he was delusional too. I mean, you would be in the hospital that long because he's got a trach in. He he repeats himself every two minutes because his memory's gone. And he, you know, he would say, I think next week I'll be back on the show. And we're like, <laughs> okay, dude, whatever. <laughs> You're not going to be back on the show anytime yeah, soon. Yeah, how, how long was he in hospital for? Six months. From August to January. Mm. He was in intensive care Ugh. three months. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it didn't look like that, that. He might not even leave the hospital. Right. And then let alone his, his career was probably over. But, man, he, he worked hard. Yeah, we didn't know it when he was in the hospital. But once he got out and we kept thinking, okay, mm. are things going to improve? Mm. And when his doctor said, okay, Realistically, he's probably not going to be able to do this again. Mm. He's going to be on dialysis the rest of his life. Um, he's got the memory issues. His voice was gone from the trach. Um, and it was sad because then, you know, the radio group's like, we got to do something. We, we've tried to be patient. And they knew I was holding out, you know, because yeah. it's not like we were going to change the name of the show at that time. It was Robbins and Markley, and it was going to be that way until he got back. And then... Once the doctor said what he said, it was the realization. And I remember um, the day that, you know, our boss was going to tell him. I had planned on being over at his house later that day and sitting there with him because he was devastated, uh, finding out that it was over. Um, 
and knowing from then, it was like, well, listen, man, it doesn't, you know, doesn't mean that you still can't come back. Because even before that, we were trying to do like mock radio shows with he and I. I still have recordings of that. Oh, man. (laughs) Um, To to try to get him back, you know, in the rhythm. But he was so far gone at that time. Um, But we noticed about six months later, he did start getting his voice back a little bit. He still had his sense of humor. Right. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we're like, well, maybe he could at least guest part on the show maybe a segment a week something like that because the audience loves him and they're rooting for him yeah funny guy oh my gosh he's probably the funniest guy i've ever been around (laughs) um and then after about a year like okay we got to get him back on the show that was my plan uh and for it to be a three-person show because david van camp who was producing the show when scott had his heart attacks um filled in Scott's role. And the thing was, we didn't know David was capable of doing it. He didn't put his hat in the ring like, I'll join up with you, Jamie. Um, it's, let's find someone that can do this with you. And they so wanted to... produce it and just kind of stepped in to fill a, a need. Right? Yes. Oh, wow. Um, because it was at least a week before I came back to the show. I was, you know, up at the hospital. I didn't feel like doing a show without him. Yeah. Um, and our bosses were getting a little bit frustrated. And so I knew I had to go back on the air. And they were talking about, there was a guy I had met from Baltimore they wanted to bring in. They were naming different people, um, but I didn't have chemistry with them. There was one local guy that I'm like, hey, do you want to do this? But he couldn't because of his other job, because we didn't know at that time, well, Scott may be back in two months. Yeah, so right. it's not like someone could say, hey, I'm going to do this now. Yeah, yeah. And so one day Van Camp and I just said, hey, man, we'll just slug this out. We'll do the best we can with it. Um, I think I even put um, out on social media, listen, this show is going to be a shell of what it was with Scott. Just telling you straight. We're just going to do the best we can. Yeah. And, you know, that's not uh, like, in my opinion, radio management may say, well, you don't want to tell the audience that sort of thing. (laughs) Well, no, you want to be honest with people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm all about lowering expectations. (laughs) (laughs) But but that's kind of how David got involved. So then... Uh, we were just trying to convince people, you know, uh, the powers that be, that it would be a great three-person show. But, you know, we were running into a lot of roadblocks. And I'm not saying that's bad toward anybody in management. I mean, sure. if yeah, you're getting good ratings and you're getting, you know, paying two guys, why do you want to pay three? Right, you know, that right. sort of thing. And yeah. so I remember one morning, I've told you guys this before, I was frustrated um, and I loved doing the show with David. It wasn't that. And I explained to him, I don't want you to take this personally, man. But, you know, Scott and I started this thing. I just don't feel right us going on, we're, you know. Without him. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I know we're having success and all that, but it it just doesn't feel right. And right. I, I said, I'm sorry, but I don't know if I'm ever going to be totally into this without him, you know. And I remember praying about it one morning. And how did and, you respond to that, by the way? I, he said he understood. Okay. You know, yeah. and, uh, you know, and I told him, because there was also pressure on us to move to a different market. If it wasn't going to be Portland, maybe, you know, in Chicago, somewhere that would be a hub that you would get more attention nationally. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just not going to uproot my family. Yeah. I'd prayed about it and it just didn't feel right. Um, and he, he understood and then he came back from Christmas break 
was that 2016 or 17? I forget. But anyway, he said, I spent time with family and I realized I should be by my family. You know, he and his wife were talking about having kids and she would probably want to be in Texas where he was originally from. And I'm like, family's first, man. It's more important than any radio show. Yeah. I mean, we'll survive. I mean, if this thing blows apart, we'll find something else to do. You know, you got to take care of your family. And so he was up front with management about that. And uh, a guy that's like a talent coach to us that we really trust a lot. His name's David Hall. It said, you can do a show with one of you in Texas, one of you in Illinois. And and that's what's amazing. When people listen to your show, like they're not in the same room. Like one person is in Texas. Yes, you would not know it at all. In fact, I didn't know it. I texted <laughs> until you talked about this. having Jamie on the show. You're like, hey, let's have all three of them. I, I texted David's in Texas. I know. I texted <laughs> Jamie and I said, hey, why don't all three of us meet at the Fox Pub for which is a, an English, you know, which we still haven't done. We need to do. Um, let's let's and you know, you were kind of like, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. And then I'm listening to the show that day, and you mention. Or, or David mentions that he's in Texas. I'm like, how's he going to get to the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's amazing how you guys pull that off. Well, and again, uh, David Hall said, you'll be able to do this. And I don't know that anybody really believed it. I don't even know if we really believed it until we tested it out with him. Well, looking for homes in San Antonio. Mm. And he went into that studio there. And we were like, oh, my gosh, this does work pretty darn good. And then, you know, from having a number of friends locally around Peoria yeah. to listen to it, they're like, you'd never know. Yeah. And so, yeah, we find... So he has a studio in his home then? No, of- he works at a radio group in San Antonio. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Yeah. So we, so that's good then. There's no, like, kids running in while he's on the... <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So he's actually going to a facility that... That's am- Honestly, it's amazing how it sounds. Yeah. You know. So, so you prayed about all this, you know, and... When Scott was, you know, yeah, before he was back on the Scott show. he was back on the show. Mm-hmm. And then, but got all, made away. All I was getting, um, and I think when people pray, everyone hears God differently. You know, some people feel like I just don't get anything back. Um, some people feel like it's going to be something that someone says to them later. Um, and I don't hear an out loud voice. But it's a thought that I've come to trust and through a lot of different friends who were farther along in their walk than me. I'm saying, this is all I'm getting back. And it would be reinforced to me. Well, that's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, Trust it. And so a number of years ago, I just started trusting it. And it's never led me wrong. Yeah. And it just kind of popped up, uh, this thought and it's not an audible voice, but it's sort of a voice just saying, yeah. you need to write a letter. Mm. And the names came to me. It was the president of the syndication group and the president of the radio group. And just speak from the heart. That was the message I got. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to say, but I just sort of laid it out there. And this is all about trying to get Robbins back. Yes. And the reasons, you know, why I want to do it. And a lot of them were from the heart and personal and so from an old friend of mine, a Christian guy that taught me so much about radio, uh, his name's Roger Lundeen, Galesburg, Illinois. And I met with Roger 
because I trust his radio instincts. And I'm like, this is going to be a tough sell bringing Robbins back into the, the powers that be and told him about the letter. And he goes, do you mind if I look at it? And I said, no, yeah, I, maybe I can tweak it. And he did. He kind of took off the rough edges yeah. of my frustration with the situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, and then I talked to David Hall, our guy out in L.A., and said, here's the plan. And he said, yeah, man, you should go for it. He goes, do you mind if I look at the letter? <laughs> it was already refined once. I'm like, no, man, you should. And he, and he shortened it even more because uh, he knew who I was sending the letter to. Yeah. And so then I sent, sent it to them. And within an hour, it was like, well, let's, let's have a conference call on this. And we have the conference call. And it was like, yeah, obviously you have the chemistry with Robbins. Um, you think you can work it out. Um, financially, we're going to have to figure this out, but let's do this. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> this is incredible. Holy wow. Spirit, activate, <laughs> activate, activate. <laughs> I'll tell you a story, man. And I, I have this on video. I can show it to you. It's probably on my phone somewhere. The day we got the contract signed to bring Robbins back in, there's a little place over by, remember where the old River Beach pub is by Chillicothe, right on the river? Yeah. And yeah. there down the road, there's a little, it's like a, a parking lot, really, a small parking lot, and it's it's called a park. But you just park your car, yeah. and you're lo- overlooking the Illinois River. Yeah. I would go there and pray sometimes, just, you know, clear my head. And uh, I drove there that day, and the realization when the, the email came through that it was real, you could see it. Um, just recorded. So I would always remember, this is amazing. No one ever thought this would be possible, that we could actually do this, and Robbins would be in a position to do this show again. Um, If it all goes away in a week, this is still amazing to me. Thank you, God, you know, for not, for seeing us all through this. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's, I'm still humble just thinking about that. You know. Yeah. Well, let's, let's and obviously press, it worked, and boom, here we are. Let's let's press pause there a minute before we go into okay. So, what's happening now with the show? Before we get there, can you tell us a bit about your journey uh, of faith, uh, how you came to Christ? I know that you had a pretty crazy background, mm-hmm. and God really stepped in. I think it would be great for the folks that are listening just to hear the yeah, story how you, of how that. you came to Jesus, and because you did. You DJed for years before oh, yeah. we ever did talk radio. Yeah. So you were a big time part of the, the, the rock scene, man, right? Oh, yeah. If so, I could have seen my future self, like when I was 24, like now at 54, I would have wanted to beat me up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> how could you let yourself turn into that? Uh, <laughs> oh, man, um, that's good stuff. Uh, well, I grew up in Knoxville, uh, Illinois by Galesburg, if you're familiar with the area, small town, about 3,000 people. I uh, grew up in a Methodist church, uh, going to church with my family. My dad worked on the railroad, so a lot of times on Sunday he might be working, he might not be able to make it. But So I always had a belief in Jesus. Um, and, you know, got confirmed. And then in high school, you know, you'd go to church some, you know. Um, but looking back on it, I mean, uh, yeah, I believed in Jesus, but I certainly was not following by any stretch of the imagination. Right. And what, it's embarrassing to say, but I'm just going to say it. Um, I was so biblically illiterate. It's a joke. I can remember when I was 18 talking about sex before marriage with my mom. And I'm like, well, that's not real. (laughs) 
She's like, it's in the Bible. And I said, no, it's not. <laughs> that, I mean, that's astounding. Um, but that was my thought. I, and, I, you know, I loved uh, sports as a kid. And then I got my first Kiss record when I was like 10 years old. And then it was Aerosmith, Zeppelin, Nugent. I mean, all this stuff um, that so many people, you know, loved, yeah. you know, in the 70s and then into the 80s. And, you know, Van Halen. I mean, every Van Halen record, every concert, whatever. <laughs> Which um, is where you met Robbins that you mentioned. Yes, so. exactly. <laughs> so it was a God thing. Yeah. Who knows, man? <laughs> you know, it's weird that maybe, you know, everybody's got a plan and you go different paths and you know how this is all going to weave together. It's pretty crazy. Um, but I really thought that, yeah, I'm a Christian if you would ask me, you know, no doubt about it. Um, but, you know, I started working at a rock station when I was, uh, was I 20 or 21 and then got a full-time gig. And it was kind of uncommon to have an afternoon drive slot at 21 years old. And that was my goal was, you know, a medium sized market rock station. Cause I started out in country. That was the only job I could get. I um, did not know that. Yeah. Wow. In 86, okay. I was spinning in the new Randy Travis record. Yeah. But yeah, I, it probably wasn't too many uh, country artists back then compared to now. No. I mean, now it's and, just and now, exploded. And, and, and not to change your subject, but there's some good rock and I mean, there's some good rock and roll country acts now, man. Oh, yeah. Jason Aldean, that dude, I mean, he throws it down. Yes. Well, the other so, thing that's that's crazy to me is, okay, so when I was working country radio, all of a sudden I'm like, and somebody told me that was a rock person that worked country, he goes, be very afraid because after like a month or so, you're going to get your favorites. And that's how you're going to know that you're starting to become a country fan. I'm like, oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> but it, it was right because it was Steve Rule and Dwight Yoakam. And the Bellamy Brothers, you know, a lot of different artists that I really came to appreciate. Plus, growing up, I mean, my dad was a big Willie Nelson guy. I don't know how many times my mom and dad saw Willie Nelson. Um, and Waylon, um, Johnny Cash. I grew up with all that stuff already. Um, but anyway, I got a job then at a rock station, which was the old 106 in Peoria um, in 1988. And then became full-time and became a music director, later on a program director. So I was living my dream. I got to play the music that I loved. I'd go to the shows. You'd get to interview the bands, meet the bands, do meet and greets, all that stuff. And life couldn't have been any better. And then I met my wife. Uh, see, what was I, 27 when we got married? She was 25. Um, and no kids for the first three years. Then it was 1998. Um and we used to joke about it. life can't get That's any the better. We planted Rock Church, by the way. In it was. Yeah. Remember oh, going? Here we yeah. go. Here yeah. we go. That's yeah. so good. Go ahead. So a, 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 a pivotal year for both of you. Yeah. So it's late July. Um, I go into work one morning. The radio station got sold, and it was sold to a person I knew it was going to go bad, <laughs> and I'd probably have to go. It was probably you know the job was going to be done, and. Two hours later, I went to a doctor's appointment with my mom, who had been battling cancer since 91. Found out she had maybe three months to live. So, you know, that I was like, okay, uh, it's, that's a heavy day. And I don't know what my future is going to be. And then the next day, I got home from work, 
And my wife said, I got a surprise for you. You know, it's been hard over the last 24 hours. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, close your eyes. Okay. So I'm like, oh, she bought me something cool. This is really nice. <laughs> and so then, then she put something in my hand. I couldn't tell what it was. And oh, then my. she put something in my lap and she said, open your eyes. What she put in my hand was a rattle. And what she put on my lap was one of those big cookies that said baby on it. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh. So, oh my. Yeah, all within about 36 hours, I suppose, I found out, okay, my mom's got three months to live. I'm going to have to find a new job and probably move out of town. And we got a kid on the way. Oh, man. And Holy Spirit act. <laughs> And so, you know, I don't want to go too long with this, but I got a job in Rockford. There were a few guys I knew that said, hey, man, you know, this is a good situation. Moved up there. And, uh, you know, my mom did pass about two and a half months later. And it was just the lowest point in my life at that time. And I was, you know, I had never stopped partying, you know. And I had the realization of being a dad. But I was also drinking way too much and the boss i had in rockford probably shouldn't say this but (laughs) you know impressing the boss sometimes means going out with the boss and that's no excuse you know i should have been more responsible but it it was just getting out of hand and so you know with my wife and i both thinking we need to get back to peoria to like some home roots probably we got baby um, I'm certainly going through depression, losing my mom. He's had a few other offers, but it was not time for that. So another opportunity came up in Peoria. <laughs> the station got obliterated by the new owner, and then it fell back into somebody else's hands, which was kind of easily predictable at the time. So I had an opportunity to go back. And I remember thinking, if we could just get back to Peoria, everything would be cool. But I realized when I got back, everything wasn't cool you weren't going to go back to this carefree lifestyle that you had before. And my wife started babysitting, like staying home uh, for a lady I worked with and her husband was Ryan Blackerby and locally in Peoria. You may know that name, a realtor. Um, At the time he worked at children's home Mm. and he put on a lot of local fights because he's a Muay Thai expert. And I got to know him a little bit. And man, he was on fire for God. Mm. And so he and I would have conversations, you know, about Christianity and following Jesus. And uh, he was reading a book at the time called Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. Yeah. And he's like, you should read this book. And I read the book and, I, you know, it, it certainly had an impact. I'm like, interesting. Yeah. And then I asked Ryan, hey, I've never really done a Bible study before. Would you be interested? You know, he's like, yeah, I'd do that. And so he and I would get together at lunch and just, he kind of let it. I didn't know what I was doing. I had never really read the Bible before, mm-hmm. even though I had been in church for years. And yeah. even as an adult would occasionally attend, but I had never really read the Bible. And I can remember one day in January, 2001, um, reading the gospels. And I just went down to my knees in our bedroom and said, God, I can't do this by myself. I, I need you in my life. I I thought you were in my life. I don't think you've been in my life. I have not tried to follow you. Um, I, I I can't do it. You know, I can't get out of my own way. I need a different way. Um, and so 
that was really the start of, I guess you call it faith journey. Different people have different names for it. But that's when I really started taking it serious and was going to attempt to follow Jesus. And, you know, it was certainly a rough patch in the first few years uh, because I'm trying to change. And then, you know, when you get into that sort of area in your spiritual life and you see this a lot with new Christians, they're on fire. They want to tell everybody about it. Yeah. And sometimes you can wear people out with it, right? Sure. For a while, my wife was calling me Bible Thumper. <laughs> now, now was she had she gone on this uh, walk with Christ as well at the same time, or was this you doing this? This was me. Okay, um, and she would go along, but I, you know, I mean, I don't want to speak for her, but I'm guessing from as hard as I partied for a long time, and then trying to turn it all around, um, there's probably some resentment, like, oh, okay, holy roller now. Yeah. And at the same time, I didn't completely stop partying either. Right, right. Um, I didn't stop drinking until 2007. Mm. You know, and it was that trick you play in your mind. If you've ever had a drinking problem, you know this. Is, well, I can keep limits on it. So it wasn't, for me, alcoholism where I needed it every day. It was when I started drinking. Can you drink responsibly, yeah. socially? And as many times as I tried... It could go months and months, but then there'd be another episode. You realize, no, this thing has more control over me than I have over it. Yeah. I can't do this anymore. Yeah, and you know, the Holy Spirit certainly convicted me of that. Yeah. Um. So that's sort of the faith journey, and along the way, um, my wife certainly came along. Yeah, and she's she's worked um at church now for ten years. Yeah, she. So Melissa is um staff at the church we go to now and mm-hmm. has helped us out we you know joy is my daughter who's in the youth group and uh, that transition going from one church to northwards was hard you know sure for a family um but melissa really helped joy just welcome her into the youth group and now i mean joy's out every night with friends oh. youth group but it was really awesome. melissa just helping her along along the journey of a, a pretty tough time in our lives at, at that time so i appreciate you guys i know we went out for for dinner that one night oh yeah during the midst yeah. of all that and um you know the the faith journey it's amazing because what's amazing with your story is you most of the time you hear of the wife coming to christ right and then the guy's being pulled along to church and then finally yeah. but this was different for you guys you you were the one that came to the realization we i need jesus and she's like, well, this is a different guy than what I'm married with the party life and that type of thing. Yeah, and I think it's because we both thought we were Christians already. Mm. And depending on your definition of that, I guess maybe you could say yes. But it, to me, it's are you really trying to follow? And neither one of us were really trying to follow. Right. Um, and so, you know, over time, as I'm trying to say, well, you need to read your Bible more. Whatever. And she's like, oh, really? Well, look at you, hypocrite, you know, <laughs> sort of thing. And so, you know, over time, you know, I think she actually saw the difference, even though I was, you know, still a walking contradiction, um, <laughs> that that there was something different. And, you know, from attending, you know, whether it was a marriage seminar, you know, going to church and then talking about the sermon and talking about, you know, what our roles are you know, 
as followers of Christ, you know, and what does Christ have us for as far as mission and purpose? Um, you know, we just kind of grew together that way. Yeah. Well, let's, let's jump back into then you've obviously now, um, following Christ, um, Obviously, the whole thing with Robbins happened where I, th- I think that's where your faith really deepened because you were really relying on God for this guy in the hospital more than ever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he comes out and gets back on the show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Uh-huh. All right, if you're thinking, man, we've got a lot of issues going on in this country right now. Okay, check yourself. Things are great. Maybe Says you're who? just... Uh, hey! What? Don't interrupt when I'm talking about how great things are. Right. <laughs> exactly. Okay? Check your attitude. Well, I was All out right? of much hey! unwashed masses this hey! weekend. I can tell you it's not! Okay, maybe it's just the way you're looking at it, buddy. All right? Tell us now about how the show has gone since he's been back and what you guys are doing now. Because we're not just talking about, we mentioned it earlier, but we're not just talking about Peoria now. Like 125 markets? Yeah. Tell us a bit about that. Because you said to it to us earlier, it's been a God thing. It's just exploded on us. Yeah. I mean, to me, there's no other way to explain it. Because a three-person show is hard to make work. You know, just from industry standards or thought. Um, and a lot of people didn't think that that would work. Um, the fact that he's able to come back and the miracle that Robbins really is. Um, and, and he, coming back, really surrendered his life to Christ. Yes. Through all that. God used that to yes. change his life spiritually, right? Yes. So, well, which, yeah. He was a big part of that as well. Well, you know, I, he and I had talked about that many different times, you know. And I, we're like brothers. You know, he'll remind me of every knuckleheaded thing I did in the 90s. <laughs> and, you know, whatever. Um, BC, and, before Christ. <laughs> <laughs> well, and even after, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a side note, I mean, uh, sometimes we'll still hear, uh, and it's okay, I understand. Uh, people will think that I'm not really a good representation as a Christian. Because of edgy things that we'll say on the air, and you're, I mean, everything's you're, so political. And for I you had guys, your your show is a sec. You're a secular. It's a secular show. show. Yeah. Yes. It's just in case people are wondering what type of show it is, it's a talk show, mm-hmm. and very much more of a um, conservative. Is that, is that how would you explain it? I think that's the way people would explain it. We didn't set out to be. We're going to be a conservative talk show. Right. All it basically was is talking about the news that's going on right now yeah, um, and giving honest opinions about it and making fun of the absurd. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. I love it. So in America... And playing some good music along the way. Yeah, I, I get to pick all <laughs> yeah, the bumper music. Yeah. And, and in America, you know, the media over here, there, there is definite, definitely a slant, right? Wouldn't, wouldn't you say? But th- for your show, you're trying to bring it pretty balanced 
But as you say, you look at the stuff going on and you're like, this is crazy what's going on. Yes. Well, sometimes we'll joke on the show talking about we're three recovering liberals <laughs> because we all came from that side of the fence. Um, and Robin's got to the other side first, for sure. And for David and I, and it really happened when Robbins was in the hospital because that was 2015. And that's when it felt like everything became really political, like everything. And I think Trump brought that in. But for David and I, you know, you knew like the New York Times or NBC, CNN, whoever, you knew there was a left-leaning slant. But I don't think we really thought people just lied to the public and knew they were lying. (laughs) And when that became more and more apparent every day we'd have these conversations off air sometimes on but off air like can you believe they just lied about that they knew <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. like I, it's crazy i can't believe it yeah. um and so that was you know someone would some people would say that's the red pill moment you know or yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, so we're just trying to be honest with what we see um and if anybody thinks that Christianity is not under attack in the country. You got your head buried in the sand. Absolutely. Because it is. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys have a bit of a finger on the pulse on that type of stuff because you're seeing it not just here in Peoria, but you are looking at a lot of different markets, a lot of different people, that type of thing. Yes. Yeah. No doubt about it. Um, And it's, I'll be honest with you, I don't know how much you guys pay attention to news. Um, and I'm not crying out, whoa, whoa, he's me. I'm, we're all lucky to do what we do. Yeah. But you got to protect your heart when you are looking at depressing story after depressing mm. story. Yeah. Um, and part of what we're trying to do on the air is never give up a sense of hope. Right. I mean, there's always hope. I mean, it's, one of the things we do, side story, is if you do the Bible in a year, yeah. um, you'll, like the current one we're on this year is you'll read some Old Testament um, one of the Psalms or a gospel or a um, proverb, and then something from the New Testament. Yeah. So it's blended. Sure. And from especially the Old Testament, if you think things are off the chain right now, <laughs> yeah. right. you're reminded, okay, and honestly, that brings me some peace. Like, okay, yeah. the world's been crazy for a long time, yeah. and it seems like it's getting nuttier every day. It's been nutty forever. Yeah. yeah. This is just a different form right now. Yeah. So... Keep the faith. Keep the faith. Even Keep though the world's bonkers. Yes. You know, I, I've had, I'm, I have to take a break from Twitter now. That's like a dumpster fire, man. I mean, everybody's canceling. Every, I mean, it's not just on Twitter, but everywhere. It's just nuts. Yes. You know, so um, thank you for what you guys do, bringing some fun and laughter and throwing down hope. So let me ask you something. I mean, you're on a nationally syndicated secular talk radio show in 125 markets throughout the United States. You're also a Christian, a family man. Tell us about some of the challenges. Is, is, it, is it challenging or is it it's not totally, totally challenging, at least for me. I don't know that it would be for everybody. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I feel sometimes like I'm leaning to, uh, okay, we should all be uh, light shining for Christ wherever we go. I feel like there's too much darkness in me sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like I can get really cynical. Um and that part is a challenge to me okay. because I, 
I know I have a picture of who I want to be. And sometimes I don't meet the mark. I mean, if you if there was cameras going on at the show, off air, when we're really reacting to stories, it would not be family suitable, I guarantee you. <laughs> And it's, it's out of real frustration on what's going on, but that you know, we're, I don't I wouldn't say we're looking like lights right there. It is real serious frustration, um, and you know, much like the Babylon Bee, if you're familiar yep. with yeah, the yeah. Babylon Bee, um, I mean, some of their headlines, some of their stories are just brutal, but they're funny, yeah. and that's yeah. that's where we live a lot. And you, I think the challenge is to to when you're making fun of the absurd, am I? Am I making it personal? Am I really right, right. being hateful? I don't. I don't want to go that far. Yeah, but I also honestly feel like it, where we're at in time, that there are a lot of Christians that just want to like lay back and take a pass, and I just yeah. want to be loving like Jesus. Yeah, and I, I get it. Yeah, he flipped but, the tables, man. man. When you read through the Gospels, you know. Jesus wasn't just the lamb petting savior. I mean, Jesus <laughs> yeah. threw down. He, he, he wasn't always nice. No. No, no. you brood of vipers, you hypocrites, you snakes. I mean, yes. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean even to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Whoa. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, how long must I put up with you? Yeah. You still don't get it, disciples? What's wrong with you? Yeah, you, listen, know? I, you know, for those of you that are listening, no matter how bad of a day you're having today, at least Jesus hasn't called you Satan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to remember that chart. That's good. That's good. That's good. Well, um, it is. We, we're going to have to bring this to a close because you've got to run and, and do a, a radio show, yeah. right? So, yeah. Um, today's show is without Van Camp. Oh, and, and he is the organizer. Uh, um, so, so it's we'll just see how you this and goes. Scott. Yeah. Okay, back yeah. to old times. Then, I oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone gets a little bit nervous, but I'm sure we'll have fun. That's good. Well, would you uh, mind just praying for us? I know there's people that have been listening, and your story, uh, story of redemption and, and God just stepping in, may have just spoke to them. Would you be able to just, just pray real short for, for those that are listening that may be struggling a little bit? Sure. Um, I don't know if I can do it short. I'll try. Okay, go for um, it. <laughs> Lord, first of all, I pray for Andy and Chuck, uh, that you have blessed them, their families, keep them safe. Um, ask that you bless Dream Center, Rock Church, that they would be used to bring more people to you, Lord. Ask that, uh, well, for our radio show with David and Scott, that we would honor you with what we do. Um, and that if we get over the line one way that uh, Holy Spirit would speak to us uh, so that we can do the kind of radio show you'd want us to do. Um, Lord, I want to pray if someone's listening right now that is confused or if there was anything that we talked about today um, that, that just sort of sparked a thought or gave them an idea of either where they want to go or where they want to stay from, that you would just speak to them to bring them closer to you. Um, if there's anything said during this podcast that didn't honor you, ask that thought not be with people, but uh, only what you would want them to take from this. Ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Man. See, I can't do it short. No, it always goes good, on. That's, right. yeah, that's good. That's good. good, man. He did good. You guys ever do this when you pray for the family at home and they're like oh, looking at the watch? Come on, wrap it up, yeah, man. We yeah. did it. <laughs> We've heard it before. 
Um, uh, well, I tell you, it's a couple yeah, of Thanksgiving, things. my son said, you know what, Dad, I'll pray. For real. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, for uh, those that may want to connect with the show or with yourself, how could people listen to the show? Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins. Uh, if you want to listen to it live, there are a lot of stations that stream it live. Uh, the, uh, oh shoot, what's the radio app? <laughs> I don't know. Tune in radio. And you do a podcast as well, right? Yeah, uh guy that's one of the producers in San Antonio puts up the podcast every day, and I know that's on you know all the places that you get podcasts. Um, and you do have a list of all the affiliates uh, in MarkLeeVanCampRobbins.com, MarkLeeVanCampRobbins.com, and there is a a list of every market you guys are in. So that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, and if you want to reach out, uh, Scott Robbins does run our Facebook page. Okay. You can do right. that too. Yeah. Right on. Brilliant. Well, the, the last thing that we always <laughs> do on the show is the big three. Okay, so oh, yeah. we're going to ask three questions. Um May have something to do with the interview, may not, right? So, okay. do you want to start, Chuck? Yeah, okay, all right. Um, you mentioned meet and greets. You've been a part of a lot of many gre- meet and greets. You've interviewed a lot of bands. Mm-hmm. All-time best meet and greet. Who's wow. Uh, Apart from uh, this one where you meet uh, Yeah, this. It's, uh, you know. <laughs> um, you know what? I'll stick with the Van Halen theme. Okay. And it, it was uh, the balance tour. And the reason I say that one is because my brother was with me, so was my wife, and another friend of ours. And the reason I'll say that one is because if you're familiar with the old band Brother Kane, a guy named Damon Johnson was a leader of that band, and he's gone on to play with Alice Cooper and then Lizzie, and he's been a friend of mine for a long time. So they're opening that show. So after we did the meet and greet with the pictures with Van Halen, I mean, I'm talking to Eddie, yeah. who is, you know. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah. The guitar Icon. hero. I mean, yes. epic. This is- and Sammy's such a nice guy. He Man. truly is to all his fans. So after that happens, we're in the Brother Kane dressing room. And Brother Kane had a song out at the time called uh, And Fool Shine On. And as Van Halen's getting ready to go on stage, all of a sudden the door to the dressing room opens up. And it's my, you know, my buddy, my brother, my wife and I with the Brother Kane guys. And it's Sammy and Eddie. And they start giving the static to the brother Kane guys. Cause they had become oh. friends and they were singing fool shine on. Oh, and, and, and David's like, get out of here, you guys. And they're all laughing and having <laughs> oh, a good time. Um, wow. that was, a, that's a memory that was really, really cool. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Second question, all the different markets that you were in, mm-hmm. if you had to move or you wanted a dream move, mm. where would, where would you go to? The first thing that comes to mind, it's, well, I just was in San Antonio not long ago, and that was really cool, but there's some markets in Florida. Yeah. You kind of pick whichever one. Our families always like to um, vacation there, and I certainly like what DeSantis is doing there. So that's, (laughs) you know, um, probably one of those, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. Last one, Chuck. All right, last question. So a two-part question. First part, do you ever get nervous? And then second part is, do you have an embarrassing radio moment that you can share? Something that stands out? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that we can pl- say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can say it. Um, uh, well, it's th- there are a lot. Okay. I mean, there's a ton. The, the first one that comes to mind, th- because different people have given me a hard time about it over the years, Melissa Etheridge 
uh, was a fairly new artist. She had her second album out. I want to say this was 1990. Um, and a lot of the artists that would come through Peoria, they would come on the show and you would interview them, which was great fun for me. And, you know, a lot of her songs early were about relationships that had blown apart. And, I, and so I asked her, so what's the name of the guy <laughs> that broke your heart? Because, man, this, this, I mean, you would have had to experience something terrible. And she's like, she was really cool. She said... You know, I just write about relationships. I mean, that's really it. It's not really focused on one person. I mean, I just draw from experience, and uh, there's not really any name. She just kind of rolled it off. And, you know, we went on with the interview, and then afterward, guy from the label goes, you know, she's lesbian, right? (laughs) She had not come out yet. I didn't know. (laughs) So that uh, that always comes to mind when someone says anything embarrassing happened. Oh my god! Um, yeah, what was the first part of that question? Do you still get? Do you ever get nervous? Sometimes. Okay. I mean, yeah. you do, with, do with it a long time. I mean, I, I won't today. Uh, most days, no. But if if we're talking about, I, I can't name a specific topic, sure. but there's some. And honestly, it comes from I don't I don't want to dishonor God. Yeah. And so then. And this is not good to do as a broadcaster. You start thinking about what you're going to say too much. Mm-hmm. Because really, you just kind of kind of let it flow. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, but sometimes I overthink it, and that makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. But So, yeah, it does still happen for sure. Yeah. All right. Man, well, this has been good. So yeah. thank you so much for, for being here. And, and I got to throw this out before we end because I've been, I've been ripped on a lot. I'm a Cowboys fan, but you are a Cowboys fan. So it's just nice to have another fellow Cowboys fan on there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Why do people not love America? It's America's team. I know what I know. (laughs) (laughs) I have no comment. (laughs) I I grew up, my dad wasn't a Bears fan. The first game I saw on TV was a Cowboys game, and it just stuck. Yeah. 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 Boom. There you go. Well, well, we want to thank you for coming on the podcast today. I know people are going to love this uh, conversation that we've had, and uh, hopefully they'll connect with you and listen to the show. I mean, we have people all over the globe listening to this, so there's plenty of ways that they can, especially with the podcast that you guys do as well. So, Jamie, thank you so much for coming on to Revival Town Podcast. Andy, Chuck, you've both been an influence on my life. Very positive. I want to tell you both that. Love what you're doing. Thanks for having me. It's an honor. Thank you so much. Thank you. Man, it's always good to talk to Jamie. Great guy. Great, great. great. He's good people. Yeah. Good people. You're good people, Jamie. So You know what? And some people might not know, but you had a radio show back in the day, and I had a radio show back in the day. Yeah. When I first came to Peoria, I was on uh, the local Christian radio station every Sunday night, the House of Faith. Yeah. And we had a blast. Had a blast. And um, I worked for a college radio station in, in Bible College. And then before Bible College, when I was a teenager, I had my own show. I don't know if I told you wow, that. Oh, no. Yeah, it was called the Jesus Today Outreach Radio Program. And, and it was on secular radio, WVEL, believe it or not, AM, wow. Peoria area. And, and um, co-hosted it with a, a couple friends. And it was, it was cool. That's cool. You, you know, but you Jamie's know a pro, man. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. I, I'll be honest. I was a bit nervous because I do all the technical stuff. And he was a guy who I reached out when we started the podcast and he was giving me tips on how to make it sound better and stuff. And I was like, I can't mess this one up. <laughs> you do a great job, though. Thanks, man. Thanks. Well, you know what's next, don't you? I do. Tate and his mate. Now, for those listening, 
first time. This is where I give a word to my mate, Chuck Tate, and he has to try and guess what the word is, which is from England. Yes. So these so are You're slangs. giving me an English word yeah. that I have to guess what it means in America. That That is absolutely right. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. I saw someone the other day going down the street with their Zimmer frame. You saw someone go down the street with a Zimmer frame? Frame. A Zimmer frame. Yeah, Zimmer frame. A Zimmer frame. Yeah. Oh, man, you got me last week. You're going to give me this week, too. Zimmer frame. I've never heard of this. Zimmer frame. Yeah, no. Are you familiar with all these? Are you Googling them? No, no, no. no. (laughs) Actually, I I used this the other night, and my wife goes, Chuck will not know what that is. Yeah, (laughs) she was right. (laughs) Teresa, you're right. Zimmer frame. Okay, someone was going down the street with a Zimmer frame? Frame. F-R-A-M-E. Zimmer frame. Yeah. Truck? <laughs> nope. Uh, trailer? Nope. Mm, one of those motorcycles with a, with a little sidecar? Nope. Man, Zimmer frame. Um, someone they were going down the street? You don't get it, do Bicycle? You? Nope. Skateboard? No. One wheel? No. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready? I, I'm ready. A walker. Oh, Wow. So, I would have never got that. So, so like as kids, you know, you'd see an older person with, with a walker and you'd go, oh, look at their Zimmer. So, so my, Zimmer. my wife has been using a Zimmer frame a Zimmer the last frame. like two and a half years. Yeah. And, um, but I told you earlier, yeah. just within the last couple of days, she's been moving around the house without her Zimmer frame. Come on. Yeah, God is let's, moving. Thank you for your prayers, people. Let's get rid of that Zimmer frame. Yes, come on. We could do a good that's a, merch. That's, shirt. A, that's the word for 2022. <laughs> drop in the Zimmer frame. <laughs> or even drop in the Zimmer. Drop in the Zimmer, yeah. <laughs> Come on, lose the Zimmer. Oh. 2022. So, um, thank you for listening. Obviously, this is a great, great uh, uh, conversation with Jamie. Make sure you're checking us out online. Uh, give us a review on Apple. It always helps us out. Yes. And uh, we have gone, I don't know if people know this, we have gone way over, by the time we're on this, probably over 26,000 downloads for this show. So make sure you're telling people about it and let's spread the word. Let's uh, have even more for next week. Chuck. Yeah. Hey, let's do it. It's going right. to be good. Speak soon. listening to this episode of Revival Town Podcast. Make sure you're following us on social media and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information, head on over to RevivalTownPodcast.com. Oh,